A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. We are coming to you with some headlines this week. So much has been going on. I've had so many tabs open. I didn't even know Michael Strahan had his own interview show, but I've been watching episodes of that. He's so cute. I I really love him. Pretty much solely because of his cameo in Magic Mike XXL. Well, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Magic Mike's Last Dance is coming out next month. They chose such great teaser art with just Salma Hayek with her eyes closed, holding yeah. her hand to Channing Tatum's abs. That was very <clears throat> profound. That's art. That's art I could hang in my house. Listen, by the way, she was one of the only outfits I liked at the Golden Globes last her night. Her titties are... I don't even know what to say about like I could I speechless. She's the most beautiful body I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so those are not real, just so you know. No, yes, they are. Don't no, they're me, not. I don't care. I don't but, care. Then they're but, beautiful. But I don't they care. are still beautiful. They are. So here's what I feel. I was studying recently and I came across a tweet about um the his the historic moment of Lady Gaga becoming famous and like staying in the headlines by always wearing crazy things on the red carpet and doing crazy things when she performed. And I'm just thinking last night, or should I say this morning, when I was watching highlights from the Golden Globes and looking at like best dressed or worst dressed or whatever, whatever happened to risk taking? Everyone's Mm. wearing the most boring shit. Like some of it looks good. Some of it's flattering, but it's so boring. And I really don't understand it. And I think that people just want to not get noticed or something um but i didn't love anyone's looks everyone was i mean i think the men were taking more risks than the women 
speaking specifically of Seth Rogen wearing like this cutie colored suit. Love I that. love a man in pink. I loved Jared Carmichael. I loved his outfits. I thought oh. he looked stunning. Well, yeah. I was sad at one point that he's gay. Like I was like, oh, well. I, that's what I was going to say. I, Another I one really, the dust. <laughs> I'm always finding myself really attracted to like gay men. And this happened to me recently in real life. Yar. That, Yar. That, that I met this man who was so attractive and he's gay. And I was like, what is it? But it's because of the absolutely meticulous care they put into their appearance. Yes. They actually know how to dress themselves. And it's like, and, oh, and you're fit. A- they know how to fit clothing on their bodies, which it's is the fit of clothing. The fit is, of clothing is really a gift. I mean, listen, I don't even have it right. As you know, I dress as though I'm trying to, I'm a celebrity trying to hide her pregnancy. That is true. The moment when I was visiting Carolina in Boston and we were going to a party that night and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't bring any clothes. And Carolina's like, oh, you could go through my closet and see if you want to borrow anything. And I I just switched from hanger to hanger of like not a single slutty outfit. And I was like, so I guess I'm just going to have to wear what I'm wearing right now. Yeah, I know. Whenever I show Devin a dress saying, do you like this? She goes, just not slutty enough for me. She goes, I prefer to be sluttier, but I'm like, okay, I like that for you, but I would prefer to cover myself in baby powder so that I can pull skims latex over my body. I understand. So let me say this. The outfits were boring and I found the highlights and lowlights to be boring. The only kind of interesting thing that happened was Regina Hall calling out Kevin Costner (laughs) Costner. for not being there because he was quote, sheltering in place in Santa Barbara because of the rain. She is just one of the most charming celebrities working right now. It made me wish that she was hosting No Offense to Gerard Carmichael. I mean, I guess it was interesting that he said... She was the best host at the Oscars. She's the one who told Judi Dench to work harder and to move her ass. I do remember that. I was trying to remember, like, is is the Oscars with the Will Smith slap the last award show we had? Kind of feels that way. Besides the Emmys, the Emmys. People were still, like, commenting on it and joking about it and, like, whatever. I know. We haven't let that go yet. I mean... I loved Eddie Murphy's joke because it really sounded like he was going to say profound advice. And he said, pay your taxes, mind your business and keep Will Smith's wife's name out of your fucking mouth. That and was funny. as we um, said, he's uh, extremely attractive. I actually really enjoyed last night's show. I got emotional multiple times. Jennifer Coolidge is someone that Twitter. That was emotional. That was emotional when she said, Mike White, you changed my life. Like my neighbors are now speaking to me. I just think I, I, Twitter was really pushing her to be the Oscars host this year, which <gasps> I can you imagine? I mean, I don't even want to imagine because I know that the fucking Academy or whatever is not going to do. Devin what they, doesn't like, they, like to set herself up to be disappointed. This is exactly what Devin did when we were excited about Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy. Devin said, I'm not going to be excited because I don't trust him. And was I right? You were. Yeah. Yar. Yeah. Yar. It was um, hard. But yes, I know the Academy, nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. They disappoint us. They disappoint us. They don't listen. That's the thing. They don't listen. They're like men. They don't listen. This is what I said. I love Kenan Thompson. I really do. But I don't think he did a good job hosting the Emmys. And I would say Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang are underutilized as awards show hosts. They need to be hired to host things like the Emmys. But don't you think like because Bowen is going to be like nominated, then it's kind of awkward. Or I guess maybe that happens sometimes. Lindsay Lohan did it in 2005 when she hosted the MTV Movie Awards. 
She won an award and she kept her hosting gig up. I cannot even believe she was like capable of that or considered to do that. I know. But these, she, were, these were different times. <laughs> these were different times. These were different times. Yeah, I, I got emotional multiple times in the awards show last night. Even moments when I didn't. For instance, when Ryan Murphy won his award for the Carol Burnett Lifetime Achievement Award, I got emotional multiple times during his speech which I was very much not expecting because I'm not a huge fan of his work. And I'm the opposite of a fan of the fact that he did a series on Jeffrey Dahmer. And I actually, you could see Evan Peters suffering a little bit when he won and that he made a very short speech and he just ended it by saying, I hope some good came out of this. Okay. So what is the argument about that? It's like exploitative that it's exploitative. The victim's families found it traumatizing None of them had given their words of support for the project. Ryan Murphy's defense is that he reached out to them and did not hear back. And it's like, don't you think that might have been an indicator? And basically that it was listed under at one point, like the LGBTQ stories on Netflix. And people were like, this isn't a story about like a gay man. This is a story about a psychopath. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it, it did explore like the gay experience a little bit by going into the backstories of the victims and the fact that homophobia was like involved and why he didn't get caught. I didn't watch it, so I can't say anything really, but I I can say that it it looks like, and you will know more than me, it explored like the lack of um, police power. Well, the lack of a police response to do anything. They just didn't do do anything. anything. I'm sorry. They're very powerful. Um, They did not help anyone. And they actually, (laughs) I'm like, Police actually um, are militarized um, against society. Doesn't sound like they helped, even though Niecy Nash called them multiple times. There's one story where Niecy Nash called them because there was like a boy that was injured by him, an underage boy that like was outside the building and had been basically rescued by Niecy Nash. And then the police came and they didn't do anything. And so the boy just like got taken back by Dahmer. I, I guess I feel like isn't all true crime content like kind of exploitative? Like, sure, I, sure. I, I kind of feel like it's like we kind of buy into the fact that this is something that people are fascinated by and the entertainment business is run by money. <laughs> so people are going to make what people are interested in. I don't know. I think that there's times where it can be about survivors. For instance, like the Epstein doc, I thought was very good because it was sort of about survivors fighting back. But I do have an aversion just recently um, to stories that are fucked up just because they're fucked up. And you're just sort of supposed to rubberneck at them like you would a car accident and be like, wow, that's crazy. And I love true crime. I'm not one to say I'm not. I just think that there has to be another element of what are we trying to say here? Because if it's just that people are crazy, it's like, yeah, no shit. Like you, all you need to do is like be a New Yorker for 10 years to know that like fucked up stuff happens. But what is important too, is that I find Evan Beaters very attractive and we look a lot alike, which I think is a part of what I struggle with is that I, I actually look like Evan Peters a lot. And there's an optimistic part of me that believes that we're connected via a friend And I, there's an optimistic part of me that believes that because he's an actor and actors tend to be narcissistic. If he met me, he would be attracted to me based off of our, um, shared facial features. Does he have a baby? 
No, I don't think I don't think so. I thought Halsey had a baby and I was like, was it with him? No, it was with their boyfriend. Okay, because I find it weird. Devin's doing some research. (laughs) No, no, but I just. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have kids. But I just find it weird when people get up for their acceptance speech and they don't think like a single real person like he didn't he didn't like call out like and my mom or like and my girlfriend and my whatever i'm like wait is there like we're a all sing- worried about the girlfriends i was already warning of kaya gerber like is that a phone call that she had with austin butler last night wait why did he did he not thank her he did not thank her and i was like you're in trouble I saw so many tweets about him still doing that Southern accent. I think it's he seems really, like he sucks. He seems like he sucks. I've heard that he's great. I've heard that he's great. I've heard that okay, he's very charming. What's with the pretending to have a Southern accent and like pretending he's better than Disney Channel, even though that's where he came from? I actually don't know. And I agree the accent is jarring, but I don't know. I do think that he obviously became Elvis, but it's so funny. People kept on playing that. Clip. He's talking to Janelle Monet in an actors on actors clip. And he's like, I didn't speak to my family for three years. And people are like, come on, this job cannot be that serious. It's not. You were in Australia <laughs> playing dress up and sing along with Tom Hanks. Exactly. Oh, my God. I forgot about Tom Hanks in that movie. It was like the worst thing. I know. Tom Hanks, like, can we just give up? Why do you do this? Why do you are? Why are you so hard on these people? On Tom Hanks? Yeah. Because he's never given a powerful or good performance. In You're being crazy. You're being crazy. Since Big. No, I'm... Since name Big? One. Yeah, name one. I would say The Bridge of Spies is a very good movie. Okay, I didn't catch The Bridge <laughs> of Spies in theaters. Sorry to say. And didn't I didn't ca- catch A Man Called Otto. In theaters. Um, I did not catch that either. I liked the terminal. I saw the terminal twice in theaters. The terminal is entertaining, but don't act like it's good acting. It's not. It's it is, not. I think. Oh my God. Okay. He makes it look easy. As someone said, Tom Hanks makes acting look easy and parenting look hard. Okay. Because uh, completely disagree. <laughs> completely. He makes everything look hard. It's nothing's easy for him. I think this is objectively not true. You think the terminal was a good acting role? Yeah. Okay. And we'll see. We'll see who's on the wrong side of history with that. (laughs) Yes. Let's check back in in 10 years. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, everything everywhere, Michelle Yeoh and um, the other actor winning was just so great. I wish Stephanie Hsu had been nominated. Those wins made me very emotional. But I agree. There's no fashion risk taking. And you know what I will say is there's not enough camp. People need to like Lady Gaga takes it up a notch. People really need to. And I I think as Lady Gaga has been taken more seriously as an actress, she's toned down, you know, dressing up like a Hershey's kiss on the red carpet. But I really wish um, that we could, like you said, get some more energy on the red carpet because right now it looks like prom. Also, Better Call Saul getting snubbed. All the time. Deeply upsetting. Bob Odenkirk has um, big dick energy. He's so hot. He's so hot. He's such a celeb crush. But yeah, anyway, I need more drama. Uh, Even though the slap was annoying and everyone talked about it for so long. Like, it's just fun to have something to talk about the next day. And if you don't give me something to talk about, like... Hollywood Foreign Press. Hollywood Foreign Press. If you don't give me something to talk about, I'm leaving. I'm not welcome to the organization yet, but once I am, I'm going to immediately leave. I'm going to apply and then immediately leave. Just like I did in college. 
Jared Carmichael's stuff I thought was good at the beginning. Like I just, he is such an interesting comic in that his comedy is not, I mean, there's definitely jokes in there that I laughed at, but you could look around the room and he makes people A, pay attention and B, visibly uncomfortable, which I do kind of love. And Rothaniel is such an amazing special. And people on Twitter were pointing out as he was talking about getting hired to do the Golden Globes. He said, I was drinking some mint tea. I was enjoying some mint tea. And people were saying that was a get out reference when Catherine Keener is using the mint tea to hypnotize Daniel Kalia. What? Why would what? What would be the significance? Because of that? he was talking about Helen, the white woman from the HFPA, hiring him. Okay, a deep cut. I mean, I didn't watch the full monologue, so I can't comment. Sorry, no comment. Well, we are going to be right back with some more headlines. Please stay tuned. I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. 
And we're back. I want to talk about a recent celebrity couple that I very much enjoy, which is Eric Andre and Embrada, supermodel with a body that just logically confounds the mind with its dimensions. Here's what I'll say. It's much more interesting than dating Pete Davidson, who like th- that's that, what, at this point, that's I basic. Thought. At, at this point, dating Pete Davidson is like getting a pumpkin spice latte. It's like, OK, everybody's done it. Everybody's. It's like, not shocking thought. anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, he's they're hooking up with Pete Davidson. Great. Yeah. And so Eric Andre is much more interesting. There was like a photo of them where he looked in the photo. People were saying on Twitter, like he couldn't even believe he was getting to go. That out with is her. exactly his expression. And I hope he feels that way. But like, I don't trust any men. And I really feel like uh, it's possible for a girl like her to choose someone who's like unconventional looking and not even that hot. And then they still fucking wrong her because men are that trash. So it's true. I hope that he's happy to go out with her. Don't know if that's the case. I'm sure he's thanking his lucky stars. But again, I think like a woman, I don't think like a man. So when anyone is dating my friends, I think, oh, my gosh, I bet they're going to treat them amazing because my friends are the smartest, most beautiful, amazing people in the world. And that's not always the case because men, as Devin will point out, are, are stumb. That means stupid and dumb. I, though, agree with you in that Eric Andre is the much more exciting choice if him, Bob Odenkirk, and Pete Davidson were all in The Bachelor and I was The Bachelorette and ABC hadn't rejected my application, I would definitely send Pete home. I would be like, this is just too much. This is too much. I think that um, this is a hot couple. I think that we need, though, what we really need is a couple who's as obnoxious as Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Walking slowly with their dogs the towards place. the storm of paparazzi. Yeah, we we need that. And like, I love the deliberateness with which Ben Affleck is still going about his public relationships, even post wedding. And, you know, we need that. I miss that. Celebrities are here to feed us. They are. They're objects for our consumption. And I'm waiting. I, I mean, it's like there's nothing on the horizon, really. There's nothing. I guess what I will say is on the horizon is MILF Manor on TLC, which premieres in Milf exactly Manor? four days. January 15th, MILF Manor. It's a reality show about MILFs dating younger men with a surprise twist that we don't yet know what it is. That they're their actual moms, huh? That's what someone, that's what the Twitterverse is really pitching. I'm excited for that. Beyond that, like, what do we have? Zach as The Bachelor, Putty's nephew. Oh as my the bachelor. God. That fucking guy. I can't, Putty's. I nephew. was so depressed when I found out he was The Bachelor. I was like, literally pick a more boring choice, please. No, it's so upsetting. It's really, it's, so it's devastating. Upsetting. Yeah, it really is a loss. Um, And I'm, I, you know, what's so funny. And I, I wonder if you agree, Devin. I was like, I'm not covering that. I'm not watching that. I'm not that. covering that. Unless, but here's what I'll say. Unless, unless there's like a woman. Who's that? A psychopath? Who's a psychopath? Because what was his name? Clayton was the season yeah. with um Shanae from yeah. Bachelor in Paradise. And it's like, I went back and purchased three episodes of that on like iTunes or something. And it was like very exhilarating. I didn't continue to purchase the rest of the season because there was like 75 episodes. But I think that if there's a crazy enough woman, Zach's season could be good. But like, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of psychopaths, Catherine Dennis, do you see she was demoted to friend of for the next season of Southern Charm? 
I'm worried about her. I was like, this girl, you know, production hates her. Like, you know, she's disappearing for days at a time. It is the Tyra Banks. Like we were rooting for you. We're all rooting for you feeling I have with her. She's like one of the only Bravo celebrities that I've had real allegiance to where like I've actually defended her openly to people and she continues to humiliate me and make me regret that. And it's really hard. And like, it's really hard. It's hard. But listen, I will say that the sideshows, the sideshow bobs of Bravo are really holding up right now. I will say that the Vanderpump Rules trailer looks amazing. Winter House was great. Now they really? have this. Well, I, I didn't mean, finish it, it. Yeah, it was good drama till then. It was good drama till then. Maybe I should finish it. I mean, the the girl who sells real estate in the metaverse um, being very open about her sex life was very rewarding to watch. She's just casually like, yeah, we had amazing sex. His dick is 10 inches long. I squirted. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So she becomes increasingly like a villain. And it's really interesting because she, so she starts like being like, on the one hand, she's extremely relatable in that that guy, I think his name is Cody, that she's like obsessed with. I am really attracted to him. She starts saying like, we're leaving the show exclusive. Like, obviously, we're dating now when we leave the show. Like, we're exclusive. And he's being like, I don't even know if I want to hang out with her. Like, she sucks. Remember Rachel? She's like the yeah, Asian worst. Yeah. So on the one hand, I was starting to like, I think Jess is her name. The girl. Yes. On the one hand, I was starting to like her because I'm like, okay, it's relatable that she like is basically saying I'm dating this guy who has never once said that to her and they've only hooked up like two times. That's how I feel about my crush. Yeah. That's how you feel about Evan Peters. <laughs> You're like, it's no, I have, I have a crush because... literally 24 years old and I, that's how I feel about him where I'm like, obviously the chemistry is real. We're dating. We're having children soon. Yeah. Like if I got pregnant by accident, we would keep it right now. Yeah, exactly. So on the one hand, I was starting to like her. Then she has this conversation with Rachel where she's like, you know, I have like the boobs and the ass and like the hot body and whatever. And so like men are always like really into me in the beginning, but then like, I don't have like the personality to like keep them around. Whereas you to Rachel, she's saying you're you're not like hot, but you have a good personality. So maybe like men will end up dating you longer because of your personality. What does Rachel say? So Rachel doesn't say anything at the time, but then she's like really upset. And it brings up all these memories of like girls bullying her in high school and stuff. And like, Everyone confronts Jess about it and Jess does actually apologize, but it's like, okay, you've already shown your true colors and like you saw that girl, you're that girl. Um, and then basically in the end, Cody is like, listen, like she's like proposing to him. <laughs> she's on. No, she literally, she goes on FaceTime with her friend and she's going like this, holding up her left hand being like, I want him to put a ring on it. I want him to put a ring on it. And then she goes to talk to Cody and she's like, okay, so we're going to be exclusive when we leave. And he's like, because I think she's just too stupid to have like the subtlety that we would try to have in terms of being like, so like, what are you thinking moving forward? Like, she's like, so we're like exclusive when we leave here. Right. And he's like, um, I think since we're long distance, like I would she doesn't prefer- hate herself enough. <laughs> exactly. We would be like, so you hate me and you're never talking <laughs> to me again. Right. OK, cool. But if you still want to have sex, like we can. That's what yeah. I would be like. He would be like, no, I want to date other people. And I'd be like, yeah, I totally get that. And as long as we're still having sex. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. no, 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 no. I would never date me either. So I completely understand that. But if you ever are like out, you're drunk and you like don't know where to sleep that night, like obviously you should consider my place. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad you realize that I'm actual garbage on the street because sooner or later that was going to come to life. So you can carry me to the street corner and Phew, leave me next to a dumpster. You've got it. But if you ever 
even just need a 2 a.m. pick me up, call me and I'll bring you cocaine. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's our vibe. And her vibe is like, you should want to date me, right? And he's like, no. Like, he's like, okay, well, maybe we can just like see where it goes. And then she's like, okay. Okay, so I'm really happy because Cody and I just talked and like, we're going to see where this goes, which means basically we're going to be dating soon or whatever. And I'm like, okay, how, what is it like to live like this? Like, I would be crushed by any conversation she's had with him. I would be crushed by like calling Caroline on the phone being like, I knew I was incapable of love and there was no point for me to even try. And this girl's like, okay, so we're basically still going to be dating soon. So that was entertaining. The other Bravo show that's been interesting that I've been watching is Love Without Borders, which is a dating show. I know no one asked, by the way, what I've been watching, but I'll tell you anyway. (laughs) Not Um, necessarily the headlines that I wanted, but continue. It's a dating show where it's basically a reversal of 90 Day Fiance. And even though that already exists and it's called 90 Day Fiance the other way, but it's not that it's Americans getting set up by a matchmaker who's who's chosen their perfect match for them. The twist being their perfect match lives in a different country. So, for example, this woman is from San Diego. I forget her name. And she's like, the dating scene in San Diego is so tired. Like, I'm so sick of all these fuck boys. And the matchmaker is like, I chose to set what whatever her name is up with um, someone who lives in Dubai because she expressed being like tired of the dating scene. And I'm like, I just can't imagine that that's like the best place for a woman to find like a man who will respect her equally. Okay, they're doing stuff like that. Then the woman who goes to Dubai is then like kind of confronting her match who lives there about how like it's not necessarily equal for women there. And he's like saying it is when it clearly isn't. And so that's kind of interesting. But then there's another couple who this girl. (laughs) So she lives in Panama. The guy is from America somewhere. I don't know where. And she cannot fucking stand him because he's so childish that she like absolutely can't comprehend it. For example, she's cooking a meal for Thanksgiving dinner, which is going to be the next day. She's like, oh, this ham is like so big and I don't know if it's going to fit in the fridge. And he's like, that's what she said. And he's, she's like, what? And he's like, that's Why what she I said. Why did I leave my home for this? Yes. And so then she uninvites him to Thanksgiving. Like, she's like, listen, I understand that you can't come with me. And I'm like, honestly, I do get that. Like, she knows this person is going to humiliate her in front of her family, making that's what she said jokes. He's basically Michael Scott. And she's like, you just can't come. I'm sorry. And then when she goes to Thanksgiving, her family's like, that's insane that you just like told him not to come. And she's like, sorry, I just didn't want him to. And then whatever. So like, that's fascinating. Then there's like a guy in Ireland who you're like, okay, this is like almost like the couple that makes the most sense because the woman is basically... Uh, RIP but Gabby Petito type blogger where she lives in a van and she like blogs about it and she moves to Ireland to be with an organic farmer in like the countryside of Ireland so you're like okay one of these people I would actually won do this I would do the this. lottery and the guy is hot but then the guy is like such a classic asshole so like he does the thing of like he's like well do you have to wear so much makeup? Like, I'm just more attracted to like natural women and then he does the thing of like she should run him over with a tractor he does the love is blind thing where he's like, so you're not my like typical type that I would be attracted to. Meanwhile, she, she's like stunningly gorgeous. And she's like, oh, that's weird. Cause you like tried to have sex with me yesterday. And he's like, oh, well, like things are complicated. And she's like, what? That's true. Things are complicated in life. What I'm saying is it's worth it to watch this show. Love without borders. It's worth it to watch Southern hospitality as well. Although it's kind of like more boring and 
Bravo is really pulling through with the sideshows. <sighs> sideshow Bobs. That's sideshow Bobs. Bravo show. You just bring on every sideshow Bob from all of these shows. <laughs> Wait, you put who like are, who are the sideshow Bobs? So like Catherine Dennis. Okay, that show basically exists. I think it's called Traders. There's like a competition show, and it's like Brandy Glanville and like yeah Kyle Cook and stuff, and they're doing some sort of competition. I won't be watching that because competition shows are harder for me. But it exists to shift back to the majority of headlines right now. I'm actually getting a little sick of it are on Prince Harry's memoir. Yeah, I was actually seeing so many that I didn't want to read the book anymore, which was, you know, I, I was I so excited to read the, same the book. Thing. I know I was I was like 594th in line to take it out from the library. And then I was like, I guess I don't even have to read it because it's all like out in the open now. That's what I thought. And then last night I got a sample from the Apple store on my phone because that is my ideal kind of book to read on my phone before bed. Started reading it, already got emotional. When he's talking about his mom, I was already emotional. I was already Team Harry when he's talking about how his, when his dad told him that his mom died, he literally came to the foot of his bed, did not hug him. This kid is 12 years old, tells him his mom's died and then leaves the room. That's trauma. That is very sociopathic because it reminds me of Lori Vallow, the woman who like orchestrated for her husband to kill her kids in the Netflix documentary Sins of Our Mother because she group texted her stepsons to tell them that her dad, their dad died. She was like, hi, boys. So um, your dad is dead and uh, I actually have to take the kids to school now, but like have a nice day. And they were like, wait, what? That's basically what Prince Charles did. That is psychotic. He... Also, when he was 20 years old, he found out that when he was born, Prince Charles said to Diana, you gave me an heir and a spare. My work here is done. And then minutes later goes to meet up with Camilla. Camilla the hoe. Cammy the hoe. Cammy, he meets up Cammy the hoe right after. Okay, and isn't there a whole thing about how he <laughs> he meets up with Cammy the hoe? I'm honestly fascinated by like how like how human it all is in a weird way. It's like he really was just like so into his side piece that he fucked over the entire royal family. And yet his Meghan, own family. Yet Megan can't like wear a bright color. But let me say, isn't there a section in the book about how Will and Harry tried to talk their dad out of marrying Cammy the hoe? I, I did see that highlight some article that they begged him not to. Can you imagine and it's frustrating because he opens the book talking about when he goes to his grandfather's funeral, he secretly meets up with Prince William and uh, Charles to basically talk about why he left and to try to mend fences. And he sort of justifies writing the book because Prince William says, I have no idea why you left. And he said, are you serious? And he said, I honestly have no idea. And so then he says, you know, Pa, Willie, here you go basically like, this is why I left. But Prince Charles at one point says, please don't make my last years miserable. Meaning like, I'm old. I'm going to die soon. Please don't make them my last years like terrible. And it's like, bitch, you married the woman you were humiliating their mother with. You made their whole lives terrible. Exactly. You made my whole life miserable and you don't get to say shit now. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of manipulative ass fucking men who never learned from their mistakes or looked inward and for some reason have huge fingers. Okay. And it's so funny because, you know, 
they obviously like hate the crown. And at the same time, it's like, bitch, you are lucky that you are going to be remembered as hot mistakenly by the Netflix's audience when they'll all they have to do is a quick Google search to know that you actually look, as Candace recently said about someone on Potomac, like a Sesame Street character. Sesame Street. That was one of her shining moments as like proving that she will go down in Housewives history. I literally was like, that joke is so funny. Did someone write it for her? And then literally you see her at the club being like, yeah, they're talking Sesame Street is saying something down the table over there. And you're like, oh, no, you are just naturally extremely funny. She's like, go down to Sesame Street, count some numbers, um, read some letters, go read a book to a child. That was historic. I love that response to a girl who's trying to call out your husband. Also lying, lying neck ankles. I don't think so. Neck. I don't think think so. so ankles. Ankles. So good. I love her. And I love them. all. She's really shining this season. She's MVP of the season. They're all MVPing though. So these all Royals are trash. And I will say Royals are trash. (laughs) These all Royals are trash. And I will say I want to read more about like his bad boy days because I feel like I was not Prince following. Harry. Yeah, I wasn't following that when it was happening. But it's like kind of interesting that he was like this drug addict prince. I'm just looking up his ex-girlfriend's name. Chelsea Davy. OK, but yes, I love the energy of Chelsea Davy because she's giving a ratchet. I love like she looks like someone who gets ready quickly like Tanner, like brassy hair, how Prince Harry mentions that he loves that. She was like, drank tequila and danced on tables. And I think she, I remember even being young and seeing that like Prince William is dating Kate and Harry was dating Chelsea Davy. And I was like, she looks like a riot. She looks like a good time. Well, I will say that here's the thing. Ever since watching Love Island season one, I had this feeling I was I was single at the time of like, why don't I just go to England? It seems that they have a lower bar for attractiveness in England. They just do. I I don't think so. There's some very beautiful girls in England. But you know what's funny about you saying that, Devin, is the girls get ready like you do. Like on the street, you will see girls still wearing bondage dresses and like dressed to the nines. They're not messing around like they do sometimes here in the States. Like. They're really going think, all out. Don't you think if if a if an American if there was an American prince, he would be only there is, with his name's Jack Schlossberg and he is a Kennedy. Okay, whatever. He's not on the level of Prince Harry though. If there was like a famous American prince that everyone knew he was a prince, he would be only with like the hottest. He would be with Emrata and like the hottest women alive yeah, that you true. see photos of, and you're like, holy shit! I would. Ne- There's no world in which I could ever look like that person. And they deserve to be dating a prince. Whereas when I look at Prince Harry's dating history, I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. And like, definitely, I actually felt relieved for Megan. I was like, wow, she's definitely like the hottest one of them all. Oh, for um, sure. And that's a relief to like know that you're hotter than all of your person's exes. But it's like, it shouldn't be that way. Like, he's a prince. He, sh- he should have been only with the hottest of the hot. You know what I want to say? Not to take us on a crazy detour, but... There is something and I, I don't like having complicated feelings. And so this was complicated for me. But I, I I think that something he says in the book is fucked up from what I saw in an excerpt. OK. And it's about when he wore his Nazi uniform, which was obviously like the dumbest thing 
anyone's ever done. He was very open in the documentary. That was one of the biggest mistakes of his life. I was like, one of? That's pretty much the biggest. But in the book, he's like, I told Kate and William that I was going to wear it, and they laughed hysterically. It, it feels a little bit blame shifty. Yeah. You're like, okay, why do you need them to be coupled with this? Listen, that's a horrible thing for them to do. Maybe it speaks to how fucked up the royal family is in general, but you made that decision. It's also a little bit like youngest child, like, um, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Exactly. But you know what I decided? Like, there's so many people who are kind of saying, whoa, TMI, Prince Harry. Like, we don't need to know how your dick had frostbite. To me. No, we do need to know that. That's actually a good story. And I want to hear that. But also to me, I think this guy has been repressed his entire life. And then he comes to America, which is the land of TMI and therapy. I mean, in sorry, I said America, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. He comes to Santa Barbara and he needs to hear about everyone is open about trauma and trauma. I get very emotional. And, you know, that is a welcome space for oversharing. And I'm sure it's a relief after people who literally won't hug you when they tell you your mother has passed away and are repressing emotions. He can finally just be open with everything. And I'm sure that felt good after having to like walk in a line for photographers and not being able to like hold his father's hand because like photographers would start clicking really quickly. I know. And I think it's like, he's going to be a little awkward and weird. Like he's a man doing something he's never done before. He's being vulnerable and talking about his life. I think it makes sense that it comes across a little awkward and that he refers to his dad as pa and his, what did he refer to his penis as like Todger or something? It's like, what? There's so many words that I do not know reading this book. So much British. He's like, it'll, it was a little dotty. I'm like, what? I need to Google that. Okay, It's doffed and blimey. Yeah. But I am rooting for him against all odds. I know that most people aren't. Um, I'm rooting for him, too. I want true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. So we had a prior tradition on True Romance of reading celebrities' Instagram devotional posts to their loved ones that are, to use a overused word, cringe. And Devin found a little little speck of gold. Um, She found a real winner. So this is posted by Justin Long. And I want to make it clear that I actually like him. He was great in, in Barbarian and he seems cool. And he talks about how he loves to go down on women. But let's uh, let's take a little dive here. He says, first line. This is about Kate Bosworth. By oh, the way. yeah. By the way, he's dating Kate Bosworth. He says she is 40 exclamation point, which, by the way, that's immediate breakup for me. If my boyfriend posted my age and my age delete, was 40 delete, delete. exclamation point, she is 40. By the way, I am fine with aging. It's just like, take it easy. No, no. OK, she is 40. She is also the best part of my day every day. Even when we're not together, she laughs with abandon. She makes me laugh the same all the time. Okay. She sees beauty everywhere and in everyone. She thanks even, (laughs) sorry. She thanks everyone. Even when she's suffering, she's kind. All right. These are basic things. She thanks everyone. Okay. She talks to waiters. She was grateful to the nurses while she was in true pain. What happened? Am I missing something? <laughs> she was. It's giving Mia from Potomac. She was grateful to the nurses while she was in true pain. She is deeply compassionate and can't hurt anyone, but she can be a rascal. Okay, guys. So listen, she might not be going out Firing in the streets squad. hurting people. Firing she, squad. She might not be causing major pain to others, but she can be a bit no, of a rascal. You can be a little bit of a rascal, that one. All right. So if she is 40, is breakup she can be a rascal is divorce for me oh sorry it gets worse she loves to tease she has the best softest lips i've ever kissed honestly vomit, projectile vomit, vomit, vomit everywhere okay Slap and, you in the and face. by the way about to get even worse <laughs> she loves beer and football more than i do and i love beer and football who Punch are these people wall. i'm sorry Punch i'm sorry who are these people She's the strongest person I've ever known. No, she's not. Yeah, I'm sorry. You Okay, what about your own mother who birthed you, Justin? She's the strongest person I've ever known. She's fiercely committed to the truth. Okay, is she a journalist? 
She's so fun she to work with. She broke the Harvey Weinstein story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Remember she said she's the she who said, okay. Um, she's so fun to work with. She's the most fun to do everything with. She is genuinely curious about people and the world again. Like, okay. So she's a human being. She makes everything in my life better. All my favorite songs and movies, vacations and sunsets and Chinese food. Oh, you guys are so quirky and normal. She strives to be better, but she's the best person I know. She will do anything for her friends. She is so generous. All right. This is becoming like thou doth protest too much. Like, why are you saying so much? Are you about to murder her and you want, don't want people to know about it? She is so generous. She makes my parents slightly uncomfortable around the holidays. She also makes the best cookies. <laughs> what? What happened she makes, between your parents? She, makes she hooked parents. up with my dad. <laughs> she tried to fuck my dad at dinner, actually, which is another conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. She is the most beautiful human being I've ever seen. Okay, come on. It's Have you seen Bar giving Raffaele? that her parents hate him. I'm sorry. It's also giving that his parents hate her. They do. She's the mo- mom. She's the most beautiful human being I've ever seen. Okay, mom. Strongest human I've ever known. She is purely good. She will stand up to anyone who isn't. She will. Oh, she'll stand up to anyone who isn't purely good. Okay, what is she? Fucking Jesus Christ. She has true integrity and grit. Okay, what is she fucking Haley Steinfeld? She has by far my favorite smile. She is sitting next to me writing her own Instagram post. What? For her own birthday? She's like, Happy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kate Boss. Like, I'm the her- strongest person I know, and I talk to waiters <laughs> and I fuck Justin Long's dad. And, and I is made him 40, exclamation point. <laughs> I fucked Justin Long's dad. Okay. She's sitting next to me writing her own Instagram post that I know will be eloquent and funny and deeply honest because she is all those things. Yeah, we know you think she's all those things. This is psychotic. I had no idea it was this long. (laughs) It's so bad. She's going to write such an inspiring book one day. She is my joy. (laughs) She is my best friend. Happy birthday, Hansay. Okay, cool. You guys have a cute fucking weird nickname for each other. And that's the end of it. And when I say the amount of fucking people who I thought were normal, who commented on this saying Sophia Bush says pure love, love to see it. Aaron Paul says, my God, I love this love story. Love to you both. My friends. So damn happy you found each other. I'm like, can you guys just like recognize the fact that this is the most insane post ever written? It's. Yeah, I want to comment and just say chill. I, or no, I want to comment and say what happened at Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> like, that is the real story. I don't know. That is the real. Spe- speaking of going for straight for the truth, Carolina sees right through the lines there and knows that she fucked Justin Long's dad. I mean, he's making Chris Pratt look brief. He's brief. making him look calculating. Like, he, he's making Chris Pratt look conscious of not wanting to take up our time with the story of how he met Catherine Schwarzenegger and all her teeth at church. Oh my God. And all 200 of her teeth at church. Yeah. I just don't understand posts like this because here's what I'll say. If someone described me as the strongest person they knew, I would say you're wrong. I think I'm lovable. I think I'm lovely. I do think those things about myself. I don't think I'm the strongest person I know. Sometimes I'm not trying to get better. That's actually something maybe I could try to do. And it feels like not authentic. And it also doesn't feel loving because it's saying like, you don't know me. You don't yeah. know me. And and I don't know why you're putting me on this pedestal, but that's not me. I, I mean, I haven't ever gotten a loving post like this, which is very I've frustrating. Never, I've never gotten a single happy birthday post from a man. 
Me neither. And I'm now noticing how fucked up that is. No, I it's so fucked. I was writing posts like Shakespeare, William Shakespeare himself. We were and bards. I was getting fucking dust. I was getting fart dust. We're bards and we've been neglected absolutely and truly. And you know what? I've made some people's parents uncomfortable at holidays. Where's my recognition? Yeah, I've refused to join in on activities during holidays before and told my boyfriend to tell them that I'm not going to be joining activities. Where's my post with a a little Easter egg like that hidden in it? Yep. So I know this was supposed to be about headlines, but now it's turned into an anti-Kate Bosworth diatribe um, as well as a diatribe to our exes for not including happy birthday post. You know, it's not too late. Happy birthday to my ex. Worst decision of my life. How about that? April 23rd is coming up. I really, I, I really would love for you to post a picture. Happy birthday to my ex on his actual birthday and say worst decision of my life. Now that would be a refreshing, different take on the couple's birthday post. Yeah, we need that. You know, Isabella Rossellini mm. dated Martin Scorsese and she posted a very cute picture of them going like, happy birthday, Marty. Okay. You think that's cute? What, what do you think Marty's wife thinks about that? Imagine. Oh, yeah. She probably shit her Block. pants. Five Block. letters. One word. Block. B-L-O-C-K. Well, I'm getting excited about my birthday this year. Why? What are you going to do? I'm going to wait for my exes to post saying, I can't believe I let this one get away. Happy birthday, Carolina. You're the strongest person I know. I will post a happy birthday post to you that is as long, if not longer, then Justin Long's and it will start with she is 40 exclamation point. She is 40. She's actually she's 40. a rascal. She's a fucking she rascal ass. Tease. That's what I say about you. She loves to tease. She loves to tease. That is so disgusting. It's uh, disgusting. I, she loves football and beer. And I love football and beer. Oh my God. He can't be aware. Age, no, that's in the thing. This in this day, day and age, age he, he cannot be that unself-aware. Like he's not. He's not stupid. I don't I don't know how this happened. Maybe he thinks that she's the type of woman He's who not, wants I a don't guy know how like this that. Happened. <laughs> no, I really don't. Because it's like on the one hand, you're in Barbarian, which is like one of the most culturally relevant movies of the year. And then on the other hand, you're like making posts that that would have only been acceptable pre Gone Girl era. Mm, and yeah, it's confusing. Well, I'm excited to come back with this tradition because there's more of these. I mean, Chris Pratt is the pinnacle with I met my wife in church and she gave me a healthy child. But there's more to be mined from the hellscape that is Instagram. We're about to get to the era of MILF Manor. And I think I'm saying this publicly on the podcast so that Carolina has no choice but to have to watch it. An episode with me. I know. So I literally once it. you started talking about it at the end of our episode, I thought, fuck, I, I don't know. I, my, my eyes literally dropped. I was like, fuck. Okay, you have to just watch one episode. And and if it's truly like a heinous crime against humanity, which it might be, we don't have to try. We don't have to keep. (laughs) But if it's actually good for society, which it also could be, we have to keep watching. Maybe. Anything is possible. Until we join you at Milk Manor. I love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. Love me, baby, don't leave me hanging at one
A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.